Welcome to Girl Next Door, the podcast about Taylor Swift's career through the eras. I'm Becca. And I'm Molly, recording from Millersville University. From her innocent persona to a mature adult, here's Girl Next Door. Are you ready for it? Because we are now going into the Reputation era, which is also this episode's This Day in History, as Reputation was released November 10th, 2017. While Taylor was promoting 1989, she was the target of tabloid gossip magazines due to her flings with Calvin Harris and Tom Hiddleston, and conflicts with A-list celebrities Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, and Katy Perry. Due to the spike of unwanted negative attention, Taylor's activity on her social media platforms decreased. She basically became a hermit, avoiding the press and not showing her face in public for a few months. During this time, she wasn't just hiding from the world feeling sorry for herself. She was creating an album. In fact, to symbolize a total rebrand, Taylor deleted everything on her website, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on August 16, 2017. Two days later, a glitchy 10-second video of a snake was posted on her platforms. Two more snake videos were posted to say that something big was coming. And on August 23rd, 2017, Taylor introduced her sixth studio album, Reputation, and announced that the lead single, Look What You Made Me Do, was coming out the next night. In 2017, Taylor was the face of a lot of drama, specifically between celebrity couple Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and fellow singer-songwriter Katy Perry. First, let's look at the feud between Kim and Kanye. In 2016, Kanye called Taylor to ask her permission to use her name in his song Famous. The line he told her was, Taylor Swift might owe me sex, but he was also thinking about making it say, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Taylor laughed and said that she was relieved it wasn't mean as she thought it was going to say that stupid dumb bitch. Kanye basically said that that wasn't what he was going for because he thinks of Taylor as a friend. He also mentioned that he said, I made her famous in the song. Taylor wasn't sure what to do with that line since he didn't know who she was when he did that. In the call, she said, quote, like you honestly didn't know who I was before that. Like it doesn't matter if I sold 7 million of that album before you did that, which is what happened. You didn't know who I was before that. It's fine. But um, yeah, I can't wait to hear it, end quote. Basically, Taylor was defending herself, saying that Kanye did not, in fact, make her famous. That was the raw footage of the 25-minute phone call. What Kanye did not mention was that he was going to say, I made that bitch famous. When the song was released, Taylor then learned that Kanye called her a bitch, which obviously upset her because he blatantly lied to her. Kim, however, posted a three-minute edited clip of the conversation to Snapchat, making it sound like Taylor did approve of that lyric, portraying her as a liar, which obviously upset her even more. The backlash towards Taylor was horrible, causing her to retreat from the public eye. She said in a later interview that, quote, a mass public shaming with millions of people saying you are quote-unquote canceled is a very isolating experience, end quote. But she came back stronger than ever with the dark and badass Reputation album and tour. The snake imagery such as the videos that introduced Reputation was a huge symbol in this era as it represented the people who backstabbed her, including Kim and Kanye. The Katy Perry feud started in 2012-2013 when three of Katy's California Dreams Tour dancers were offered spots on Taylor's Red Tour, but ended up leaving before the Red Tour was over to join Katy on her Prismatic Tour. Taylor told Rolling Stone that Bad Blood, which is part of 1989, the album after Red, is about another female pop star who, quote, basically tried to sabotage an entire arena tour. She tried to hire a bunch of people out from under me, end quote. When that interview was released, Katie tweeted, watch out for the Regina George in Cheap's clothing. 
The feud consisted of a lot of other small petty things and back and forth tweets. Katie then said that she was sick of the feud and apologized for whatever she did and that she forgave Taylor as well. However, two months later, she said she still hadn't heard anything from Taylor. In May 2018, Katie sent Taylor an olive branch, which Taylor posted and captioned with, This means so much to me. Thank you, Katie. And Taylor returned the favor by sending her homemade cookies with peace at last spelled out on the plate and frosting, which Katie posted and captioned with, Feels good. And the end of the feud and rekindled relationship was confirmed in Taylor's You Need to Calm Down music video when Katie dressed up as a burger and Taylor as a pack of french fries, aka a Happy Meal, at the end of the video. In fact, when Taylor sent her the idea for the video, Katie said, I would love for us to be a symbol of redemption and forgiveness. And in 2020, Taylor sent Katie and Orlando Bloom's newborn daughter, Daisy, a baby blanket. While Taylor was taking a break from publicity, she worked on her next album with Jack Antonoff, Max Martin, and Shellback. She collaborated with them for her previous album, 1989, and decided to work with only them for this album. She wanted reputation to be secretive, with no public promotion, so decided to keep her production team very small to decrease the chances of leaks of album rumors. She also wanted reputation to have a consistent sound, which is another reason she kept the production team small. At the recording sessions, they tried to capture Taylor's emotions at the times when she felt like she could conquer the world or like the biggest piece of garbage that ever existed, resulting in a very intense album. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Antonoff said, quote, She is great at remembering the heart and soul of the process. Some people forget it. Sometimes something works and everyone wants to rewire it, but she's really great at knowing what it's about talking about what the hell is going on in your life and somehow finding a way to take that exact emotion and make a song out of it, end quote. Since Taylor wanted to keep the album a secret, Antonov kept his studio computer offline to prevent an internet leak and deleted the recording trials once the mixing and mastering were finalized. The tracks produced by Antonov have a 1980s-styled sound with pulsing synthesizers. For the lead single, Look What You Made Me Do, Antonov incorporated an interpolation of I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. The only song that doesn't feature electronic or synthesized sounds is New Year's Day, which is recorded on an acoustic piano. While Reputation features synthesized and electronic sounds like 1989, there is a stark contrast with thumping trap beats, R&B, edgy EDM, like dubstep, melancholic synthesizers, and Miami bass. For the songwriting aspect of the production, Taylor said she wrote the songs as a defense mechanism against the intense media gossip that targeted her in 2016 through 2017. Taylor told Rolling Stone that she followed the songwriting of her 2014 hit single, Blank Space, looking at what people were saying about her and writing as that character. She said that Reputation is her most cathartic album, described the whole album as a metaphor, and the album's aesthetic as evening night, all cityscape, darkness, full swamp witch. She also said that she played an alter ego in Reputation. The black and white cover art features Taylor in her signature lipstick, slick back hair, gray distressed sweatshirt, and chain choker. Newspaper headlines and columns are superimposed over one side of her face, which is a mockery of the media that plagued her life. Taylor explained that the album begins how she felt when she started working on the album and transitioned to how she felt toward the end of the album's production. Interestingly, several songs were inspired by Game of Thrones. The themes of reputation were obviously the media's depiction and exploitation of her, but also her peaceful, unpublicized relationship with actor Joe Alwyn, who she started dating in 2016 and is still dating today and her friendships. Taylor explained the real meaning of reputation to Entertainment Weekly as quoted, reputation was interesting because I'd never before had an album that wasn't fully understood until it was seen live. 
When it first came out, everyone thought it was just going to be angry. Upon listening to the whole thing, they realized it's actually about love, friendship, and finding out what your priorities are, end quote. On November 13th, 2017, Taylor announced that she was going on the Reputation Stadium tour in 2018. The tour began on May 8th, 2018 at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona and ended on November 21st, 2018 at the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo. A movie of the tour was released on Netflix on December 31st, 2018. It featured the last two North American shows on October 5th and 6th at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The stage sets incorporated lots of black and gold. The most iconic part of the concert included a giant snake that rose up behind Taylor during the performance of Look What You Made Me Do. As mentioned before, the snake represented all her haters and backstabbers, specifically Kim and Kanye. In fact, Taylor named the snake Karen to go with the K names of Kim and Kanye. For the merchandise for this album, Taylor released two 72-page magazines titled Reputation Volume 1 and Reputation Volume 2 that contained different content including photos, handwritten lyrics, poetry, and paintings by Taylor, and the CD. Reputation received positive reviews from critics, but some weren't fond of the themes of fame and gossip. Alexis Petridis from The Guardian said that Reputation, quote, may be mired in bitterness and gossip, but Taylor's songwriting smarts and prowess are impossible to deny on her sixth album, end quote. Roizen O'Connor from The Independent said that Antonoff's production was essential to the album, that his, quote, love of 80s synth pop is the perfect counterbalance to Max Martin and Shellback's dance and electronic touch, end quote. Neil McCormick from The Daily Telegraph wrote, quote, Reputation is a big, brash, all-guns-blazing blast of weaponized pop that grapples with the vulnerability of the human heart as it is pummeled by 21st century fame. This is an album with blockbuster event status, end quote. McCormick noted that Look What You Made Me Do showed Taylor ditching her, quote, girl-next-door image for something more glamorously sophisticated, end quote. Reputation sold 2 million copies in its first week worldwide, selling 700,000 copies its first day of release in the U.S. The album became Taylor's fifth number one album on the U.S. Billboard 200 and her fourth album to sell more than a million copies within one week. It was Billboard 200 year-end number one album in 2018 and certified three times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. Reputation won a number of awards including physical album sales, digital album sales, and indie album at the Buzz Angle Music Awards in 2017. In 2018, the album won the Independent Impact Award and the A2IM Libera Awards, Favorite Pop Slash Rock Album at the AMAs, Top Billboard 200 Album and Top Selling Album at the BMAs, and Best 3 Albums Western at the Japan Gold Disc Awards. And in 2019, Reputation won awards for the packaging and book design for the Reputation VIP box at the Addy American Advertising Awards. The singles from the album include Look What You Made Me Do, which was co-written with Antonoff, and Richard and Fred Fairbrass and Rob Manzoli from Right Said Fred, and co-produced with Antonoff. Ready For It, which was co-written with and produced by Martin Shellback and Ali Payami. Endgame, featuring Ed Sheeran and Future, was co-written with Martin Shellback, Sheeran, and Nevadius Wilburn, aka Future, and produced by Martin Shellback and Ilya. New Year's Day, which was created with Antonoff, Delicate, which was co-written and produced by Martin and Shellback, and Getaway Car, which was also created with Antonoff. The other songs on the album are I Did Something Bad, Don't Blame Me, Gorgeous, King of My Heart, which were created with Martin and Shellback. So It Goes, which was created with Martin, Shellback, and Oscar Goris, Dancing with Our Hands Tied, which was created with Martin, Shellback, and Oscar Holter, Dress, 
This is why we can't have nice things and call it what you want, which were also created with Antonov. This is Taylor's first record that did not have a deluxe edition. Getaway Car is about her feeling horrible about getting in a relationship with Tom Hiddleston so quickly, so she ran away. Okay, so um, we did a top 10 for this episode as well, just because it's easier for the discussion. So um, this was really hard for me because Reputation is my favorite album, and it was really hard to like put it in order. So this is not in any particular order. Um, mine are Ready For It, Getaway Car, So It Goes, Don't Blame Me, Dancing With Our Hands Tied, I Did Something Bad, Delicate, Look What You Made Me Do, King Of My Heart, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. I just did a top five because in my opinion, all of the songs are the same on this album. Um, so my number one was This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Second was Look What You Made Me Do. Third was Gorgeous. Fourth was New Year's Day. And five was Ready For It. Okay. Yeah, honestly, like, I love this album. And a few of the songs are very, like, similar. But I feel like the like the likeness of it, if that makes sense, is equal to me. Like, they're all so different but so equal at the same time. They're just so good. I love this album. I like... I do like the slow ones on this album, like New Year's Day. And yes. I guess Dress. Yeah. It was this was so hard because again, like when I first heard the album, I thought that Delicate and Dress sounded very similar. I still think all of them sound similar. So you think that um New Year's Day and um well, I guess no, not <laughs> like kidding. this I think all I'm the slow kidding. ones sound similar and then all the like upbeat ones sound similar. Except for like yeah. I did something bad. Like that one just sounds more like I do, like, I agree. I honestly, I think I did something bad and um, ready for it. They both have the same kind of, like, bass and stuff. Uh, so, like, I understand that. But, I mean, all good things for this album. It's my favorite one. We went to the concert. Amazing experience. Uh, we were supposed to, we got nosebleed seats, but we ended up being stopped by someone who worked for the tour and he gave us tickets that were worth $3,000 each at the pit. So yeah, if security wasn't in the way, we could have touched Taylor Swift. It was amazing. I don't really know what else to say about it. Like, it's all really amazing. I mean, it's definitely a standout album. Yes. The standout album. I honestly was, like, confused about, like, look what you made me do. Like, it was total, it's a total bop, but I didn't really know what she meant by look what you made me do. Like, okay, what, who made you do what? So I read about it, and I think it's just like, look what you made me do. Like, her haters and people like Kanye yeah. and Kim, and like even making her fans this album get and she's made pissed. yeah made her bigger. So like, yeah, like you may like you may hate me and you may have made me mad, but I got more than a million dollars for it. So yeah, um, now we're gonna move on to Lover. We need to calm down because we are excited to get into the next era, Lover. Lover is another this day, or rather this month in history, for this episode, as this is Taylor's first album with her current record label, Republic Records, after leaving Big Machine Records in November 2018. And it is the first album she owns the master recordings for. Fans started speculating about Taylor's next album and era when she posted a photo of seven palm trees on February 24th, 2019, which she later confirmed was the day she finished the album. And as always, with Taylor Swift fans, the post started a commotion online of anticipation and theories about the album. On April 13th, Taylor launched a countdown to midnight April 26th on her website. On April 25th, news outlets talked about a butterfly mural in the Gulch, Nashville, which was painted by street artist Kelsey Montague. Montague was told that the mural was for ABC, ESPN, and the 2019 NFL Draft, 
but Taylor showed up at the mural, told her that it was part of her countdown, and that she was going to be interviewed during the NFL draft. And at midnight on the 26th, Taylor released the lead single of her next album, which was then being referred to as TS7, Me, featuring Brendan Urie and its music video. Taylor told fans that the name of the album was seen and heard in the music video for me, encouraging them to figure it out. The title was obviously Lover, and it is apparently on a neon light-up sign in the background, and is in the lyric baby doll when it comes to a lover. Lover was influenced by the positive energy Taylor felt during the Reputation Stadium tour, specifically the symbiotic relationship she has with her fans who helped her get out of the darkness of reputation. She said that in the audience she saw, quote, these amazing, thoughtful, caring, wonderful, empathetic people. When I go and I meet fans, I see that they actually see me as a flesh and blood human being. That changed me completely, assigning humanity to my life, end quote. When the Reputation Stadium tour was over, Taylor channeled this positivity into the creation of Lover. Taylor described the album as a romantic one, but not the same kind of romance as in Fearless and Speak Now. Instead, Taylor looked at romance through a mature lens. She said, you can find romance in loneliness or sadness or going through things in your life. In an interview with Vogue, Taylor described the album as, quote, a love letter to love in all of its maddening, passionate, exciting, enchanting, horrific, tragic, wonderful glory in the celebration of love in all its complexity, coziness, and chaos, end quote. The recording of the album started at the end of the Reputation Stadium tour in November 2018 and was completed in a quick three months on February 24th, 2019. For the songwriting aspect, Taylor said she wrote the album from an open, free, romantic, whimsical place. She said that while the aesthetic of Reputation was all cityscape, darkness, and full swamp witch, Lover's aesthetic is a stark contrast with a very daytime feeling like summer and spring incorporating butterflies, hearts, floral, and pastel colors. The album's overall theme is love, with each song representing different types of love and the different feelings that love can awaken. Lover was released on August 23, 2019. Taylor promoted the anticipated release of the album by, like what she did for 1989, inviting an exclusive group of fans to private listening parties called Secret Sessions to listen to the album. The sessions were hosted in London, Nashville, and Los Angeles, where Taylor had a meet and greet with each fan until 5 a.m. As for the promotional performances, Taylor and Brendan Urie performed the lead single, Me, for the first time at the 2019 BMAs and again on the 16th season of The Voice. On August 22nd, the day before the album's release, Taylor held a free concert in Central Park on Good Morning America. Taylor made many appearances on TV to perform for Lover. These include the Graham Norton Show, the Amazon Prime Day Concert 2019, a YouTube live stream, 2019 BMAs, iHeartRadio Z100's Jingle Ball, SNL, and more. She also performed the One World Together at Home concert, which raised funds for the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. She also performed in London, Paris, and Tokyo. On September 17, 2019, Taylor announced the Lover Fest, the tour for Lover. The tour was going to be short with only four shows for the North American leg, including two at SoFi Stadium in LA and two shows at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. She then was going to have shows in Europe and Brazil. Taylor explained that since the album was very spring and summery, she wanted to have the tour only in the summer. However, due to COVID, the Loverfest was sadly canceled. The standard edition of the album was released on CD, cassette tape, and vinyl. It was also Taylor's first album she made available for digital purchase directly from her website and available to stream on its release day. The deluxe edition was released in all four versions in the form of journals. Their journals each included different content including Taylor's old diary entries, jotted down lyrics, photos, a poster with the CD on the back of the front cover. 
Taylor released the deluxe editions this way because it was the 13th year of her career, and 13 is her iconic lucky number, contrary to most people's superstition of the number, so she wanted to do something big for the album. The deluxe edition was only available at Target. Lover received positive reviews from critics who praised its free-spirited sound and earnest themes. Nick Catucci from Rolling Stone said that Lover is, quote, evolutionary rather than revolutionary, end quote. Dana Schwartz from Time Magazine said that Lover is a, quote, love child between Speak Now and 1989, end quote. Schwartz explained that the album combined the lyrical style of Speak Now and the synth-pop production of 1989. For the 2019 year-end lists, Lover landed at number one on Variety's Best Albums of 2019 and Rolling Stone's Top 25 Albums of 2019. Lover peaked at number one on the charts in 13 countries, including the U.S. In the U.S., it sold about half a million copies in its first week, earning the biggest sales week of 2019, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, and became Taylor's sixth number one album in the country. Becoming the first female artist in U.S. history to have six albums sell more than 500,000 copies in a single week, Lover also broke many records with all 18 tracks charting simultaneously on the Billboard Hot 100. According to Republic Records, Lover earned 3 million units globally in its first week of release, which earned her the title of the best-selling artist of 2019 for the second time by the International Federation of the Phonographic Industry. Lover won 13 of the 15 awards it was nominated for. The awards the album won in 2019 include Favorite Album of the Year at the People's Choice Awards, Favorite Pop Slash Rock Album at the AMAs, Best International Artist at the Area Music Awards, Top Albums by Album Sales and Digital Album Sales at the Buzz Angle Music Awards, and Top Western Album at the NetEase Annual Music Awards. In 2020, the album won Album of the Year, Western, and Best Three Albums, Western, at the Japan Gold Disc Awards. The best-selling album at the RTHK International Pop Poll Awards, biggest-selling album worldwide for a solo artist, 2019, at the Guinness World Records, Music Jacket Creative Awards at the CD Shop Awards, Pop Album of the Year at the iHeartRadio Music Awards, and Sales and Marketing Packaging Campaign at the Addy American Advertising Awards. The singles on Lover Are Me, featuring Brendan Urie, co-written with Urie and Joel Little, and co-produced with Little, You Need to Calm Down, co-created with Little, Lover, written by Taylor Alone, and co-produced with Antonoff, and The Man, co-created with Little. The other tracks are Cornelia Street, Daylight, both written by Taylor Alone and co-produced with Antonoff, The Archer, I Think He Knows, Paper Rings, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Soon You'll Get Better, featuring the Dixie Chicks, and False God, all co-created with Antonoff. I Forgot That You Existed, co-created with Louis Bell and Adam King Feeney and co-produced with Bell and Frank Dukes. Cruel Summer, co-written with Antonoff and Annie Clark and co-produced with Antonoff. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, co-created with Little and Afterglow and It's Nice to Have a Friend, both co-written with Bell and Feeney and co-produced with Bell and Dukes. Taylor said that Daylight was her original name for the album until she wrote Lover late at night on her piano in her home in Nashville. The production included a space echo reverberation effect, a Paul McCartney-inspired bassline, a washy piano, a dream sequence wedding mellotron, and 12-string live drums, and a snare hit really hard with a brush. Okay, so for my top 10, uh, Cruel Summer, uh, this is from 1 to 10, by the way, Cruel Summer, You Need to Calm Down, False God, Cornelia Street, The Archer, Afterglow, Daylight, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, and The Man. This was also difficult. 
Um, mine from 1 to 10 are London boy, lover, it's nice to have a friend, you need to calm down, I forgot that you existed, paper rings, death by a thousand cuts, daylight, Cornelia Street, and the man. So let's discuss the songs. Um, Cruel Summer, wait, what was your, oh, your first was on London boy. You didn't have Cruel Summer on yours? I don't love that song. Oh my god. Like, it's good, but, like, they, again, like the ones so that good. I don't listen to that much all sound the same to me. Yeah, as we always say, we I mean, like, I do opposites. like that song. And no, if, I know. If I listen to it more, I think I'd but like, like, but I just listen to London Boy all the time. It's so fun. I just think the ending, like, that, I guess, outro of the song, I just think it's annoying. I really love You Need to Calm Down, and that's your number four. It's my number two. Uh, it's just, it's very fun and reminds me of summer, and, you know, it's pro lgbtq gotta love that um the archer it's a uh not at sagittarius i don't i mean that song's good like it is good again i just don't listen to it that much and i am a sagittarius uh, along with taylor but i'm end of november she's beginning or mid december anyway yeah um when i first listened to archer um i thought that i had too much like of the dreamy piano organ sound in it and uh, I mean it grew on me obviously but like at first I was like I don't know if I like the music in the background but like after listening to it for a while I was like oh it is a good song I, like it. I do like it yeah I really love um daylight mm-hmm. it really shows her maturity is that that's the one where she goes, I used to think love was burning red. Yes, yes. We can now talk about this. <laughs> yes, this one says, I once believed love would be burning red, it's golden. So she's seeing love through a very uh, mature lens But now I'm now. looking at it as burning red since she re-released her album of red. So quite obviously, I'm in a red mood right now. I wish yeah. like that red was released when we did the red one like the new red i wish red tv was released so yeah daylight um once believed love would be burning red what is it now it's golden it's golden so yeah she's just looking at love through a very mature lens now and it's breath of fresh air i also love that she like recognizes how she used to think and how she's grown but not in a way that she wants to move away from how she once was but just that she recognizes that she's matured yeah, she has said numerous times in, like, interviews and stuff that she never wanted to change her personality and how she is. Like, she always wanted to stay true to herself. And although her sound and image have slightly changed, like, from 1989 to Reputation and now to Lover, um, she's still, like, the same person. She was just, you know, going through stuff and showing it through music, obviously, and her performances, like, she was putting on like a character um for the reputation stadium tour so like although she kind of put on a bit of a show with her personality she's still like she still stayed true to herself and that's definitely revealed through this album of all artists she's the best at bringing her fans with her through her different eras and phases i think yeah and also like with the easter eggs i read that apparently in delicate she paints her nails pastel colors and that's supposed to be an easter egg for lover and i i don't know if i would have gotten that like i don't think i saw that video i don't remember if i saw it but if i did i don't think i would have gotten it i don't think any swifty noticed that yeah again 
the smallest Easter egg to the biggest, like, in-your-face thing. Um, and most of this album is about her, like, three-and-a-half-year relationship with Joe Alwyn, and they are still going strong, thank God. Very happy for her. And... <laughs> I mean, not to get off topic, but I wonder how he, f I mean, he probably doesn't care, but, like, I wonder how he feels about, like, the whole all too well thing going on right now. Um, I just think it's funny. But, I mean, her most mature love songs are about him, so I'm sure he doesn't care about all too well. But, like, Daylight, you know, um, I think also she dated Calvin Harris, as mentioned in like the rep in our reputation background um and i think that um i forgot that you existed is about him i'm not 100 percent sure i just know i've read that and i i don't remember where i read that i just it's i remember reading and it stuck with me so um i thought that was interesting um yeah do you have anything else to say no <laughs> literally no okay um also I love Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Let's talk about that really quick. Just really quick. What do you think... Nice. What do you think that's about? Because she references high school. She references prom. She references... Um, I looked at the scoreboard and ran for my life. What do you think that is about? I think... I think it's about, I mean, Taylor Swift is known for writing songs about love, obviously, like, that's her brand, but I think it's about a love that is kind of, um, not necessarily toxic, but kind of, like, unpredictable. I just, I think it's about more than one thing. I think it's, first of all, I think it is supposed to be referencing her youth and high mm -hmm. school and that she wasn't popular. And also, though, like, when it goes down, they whisper in the hallway, she's a bad, bad girl, I guess that's also, like people talked about her and like yeah that's what i get from it but also just like everyone still who talks down about her i think that's just kind of what it is yeah it might also be kind of coming off of reputation i mean i know she didn't have any leftovers from reputation in this album like all the songs in this album were written for this album specifically but i wonder if it's somewhat referencing her quote-unquote reputation like when she was younger yeah because like people were talking about her in the hallway well, yes. and then it says in the bridge like um i i don't want you to go and i forget exactly but what also the, words are, but. the the part that says american glory faded before me now i'm feeling hopeless ripped up my prom dress so like i think since she was like 14 she always was like america's sweetheart like yeah sweet little blonde girl who never does anything wrong and everyone can talk down on her because she won't yell at anyone and like i think that was her being like I'm done with this because people are assholes. Yeah, girl next door. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally. She's basically saying, I found love. Can you please, like, don't look at my past and how annoying I was? Because, no offense, Taylor, you were kind of annoying. She was then. cute, though. She was she a was cutie. So cute. She was, as Katy Perry said in a tweet one time, sweet as pie before their feud. But she was and annoying and well, i but I she also it. knows like the things she used to say about her exes on like live television <laughs> girl so uh we're gonna end this um i'm becca that's molly we put the links down below in the description so you can check out our website you can check out our instagram 
and uh yeah i mean go check us out on spotify which you're listening to right now it's time to go but tune back in in two weeks for the next episode i'm becca and i'm molly thanks Thanks for for listening. listening